0: Adventures in Odyssey. I'm Emily. And I'm Tatiana. And today we're discussing the episode
1: A Change of Heart. A Change of Heart, that's right. I'm so glad that you take notes on a consistent basis and or that you remembered that title off the top of your head. I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, good job. Good, good job. At least one of us should always do that. Yeah,
0: H-A-R-T, heart. Yeah, tis a pun
1: Because on the human
0: heart. Y- the y- organ. <laughs> I was going to say it's a pun on Freddie Hart's last name, our main character of this episode. both of those things
1: (laughs) equally true. (laughs) No, yeah,
0: on the character's name, Freddie Hart. But before we get into that, we have Chris Corner.
1: Chris Corner. (laughs) (laughs) I liked your Chris Corner. (laughs) Thank you. I was going to say, too, that this is an episode that I didn't remember at all coming into.
0: Oh yeah, me either. I I didn't
1: remember that it existed, and even reading the description of it, I didn't remember what it was like or what it was about.
0: I don't know how I managed to forget this one. It's a good episode. It really
1: was, yeah. I was surprised by how much I liked it. I have a feeling that we forgot about it because there is no Wit or Connie or Wit's End. Yeah. It might as well not take place in Odyssey. The only
0: indication we have that this is Odyssey is that he transfers to a private
1: school with odyssey in the name yeah i think so something like that yeah odyssey is somewhere in the name of some school i didn't write down the names of the schools yeah so So this recap is forever incomplete (laughs) (laughs) but anyway we're in chris corner this character. Oh, yeah. This is not his only appearance. If I know. I'm I was going to say the same thing weirdly enough. We have a recurring character in Chris Corner who I didn't remember being recurring, but I know that he's in at least one other thing, mm-hmm. so he must be recurring. And his name is Dr. Julius Schnitzelbonker.
0: Yep. Did I get that right? Uh, yes, you did. Assuming that when you. Reiterated the name to me during
1: the episode. <laughs> I was right earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling I was. If I wasn't, I'm sorry. I know the last name is right. First name might not be. And I think he corrects Chris and adds just more sounds into his name. I think she calls him Dr. Schnitzelbunker and he says it's Schnitzelbunker. Or something like something that. Something like that. He adds extra SH. Some ridiculous over-the-top German-sounding name. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this very, very vaguely German-sounding mad scientist man.
0: Yeah. His deal is he is going to molecularly reconstruct eggs into bars of solid gold, and I was like, no, you're just an alchemist.
1: (laughs) Uh Aha! Yes, no, you're mad sciences apart. Alchemy. Alchemy is changing of one substance into another. What are the other types um, there's like
0: revivifying, yeah, animating, I know that was the first thing I thought of was Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein.
1: and Frankenstein's monster, um, what else, oh yeah, a lot of them wanna create like a power source or something, some kind of thing that will power all of society, mm mm-hmm. at least if they're if they're a good mad scientist. A lot of the bad ones wanna create like world destroying weapons, yeah sentient
0: robots mm-hmm. to build a robot army. Mm-hmm.
1: This is very germane to the episode.
0: <laughs> this Chris Corner took up a rather sizable portion of the episode. Did it
1: really? How long was it, would you say?
0: At least three or four minutes? It was like a while.
1: Yeah. It's a cute little back and forthy where Chris is like, how are you going to do it and or something? And he's like... He doesn't really explain it. I think no. she just is, oh, we're going to, like, what does it mean to molecularly reconstruct? And he, he explains it he in a circular manner. Yeah.
0: He's like, basically, we are going to take these eggs and turn them into solid bars of gold.
1: Yeah. She's like, oh, but how though? and he's like, molecular reconstruction, silly. <laughs> he asks silly questions. <laughs> we're like, okay, so you're that kind of mad scientist. She's like, how are we going to do it? The way we are. <laughs> He Pay attention. Terrible teacher. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and I very much thought that the demonstration was going to happen after the episode. I did too. Because that's typically how Chris Corner sets up. They set you up for something exciting that's going to happen, and then they're like, boy, wait to the end of the episode and find out what happens. I guess they just couldn't wait. They
0: couldn't wait. Also, this, I think, is the first time we have an instance of Chris diegetically setting off the intro music. Yeah.
1: The first time and not the last, I don't think. Mm -mm. Yeah. So he, the, the doctor asks her how she's going to do it. She's like, okay, it's time to start the intro. How? And she says, oh, you're just going to press this button and there's a button sound and the theme music starts. And it is so funny. I don't know why it really tickles one's fancy.
0: It makes me laugh every
1: time. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of pleasant and cute. Oh boy. But, um, there is a technology demonstration, there is much fanfare and excitement, many sounds are heard, there, I guess you, you can tell from the sounds of their voices that go from very excited to sort of like, eh! disappointed and the eggs have pretty much just been fried i suppose yeah they're just fried eggs Mm Mhm. sunny side up yeah and chris is like oh darn i guess that it didn't work you can't really turn eggs into gold she also gives a parent like a parental warning of like kids don't try this at home (laughs) which i found pretty funny (laughs) what kid is going to try to molecularly reconstruct their eggs what i liked yeah is that they didn't they literally didn't give any instructions that was the whole point of the comedy bit and so it's like okay kids don't, do not attempt. (laughs) But how? How would one begin? (laughs) We don't know. Maybe with fire. It sounds like there is some kind of like electricity and sparkling and things. So maybe that's why they say don't try this at home Mm -hmm. because the kids will be like, I heard fire. I heard fire. I heard exposed wires. We're gonna go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to reconstruct this process by ear. (laughs) You can't do science like you do music. You cannot do science by ear. Although I love the idea of science by ear.
0: That sounds like, I don't know, the title of a book
1: or a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I what I was surprised about uh in in this opening bit is that they didn't explicitly tell you how this related to the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't. Do they? I kind I expected them to because it's like oh, we're going to take eggs and turn them into gold. It didn't work. And I expected Chris to be like, well, what does that tell you about human people? (laughs) Like, oh, would you guess that you can take one person and turn them into a totally different person? Because that's the subject of the episode, but she doesn't actually go that far. It kind of leaves it up to the listener to draw that connection. Yeah, I feel like it's an obvious enough connection. Mm Mm-hmm. That has never stopped Odyssey before and it uh, never okay, will.
0: That's true. As soon as I said that, I was like,
1: well You're like, however. <laughs>
0: however. This is Odyssey's brand. And we love them for it. Mm-hmm. So after we get the intro, we jump into our episode. Mm-hmm. And Freddie starts out at home by asking his dad about his work.
1: <laughs> like, hey dad, are you happy at work? Don't you do you wish that that you would have a change? Are you happy with your boss? Are you happy with your coworkers? And it becomes very clear as he's going on and on and on. <laughs> Don't you wish that you would just move away, Dad? Don't you hate it here and wish that you could move? That he's
0: talking about himself.
1: I find it really funny that this kid is asking these questions and the dad is just like, "Well, no, son. Actually, I like my job. No, well, everything is fine." And he slowly picks up on the fact that Freddie is not actually talking about his job. I wonder how many middle school boys go up to their dad and, like, genuinely talk to their dads about their jobs. You know what I mean? I wondered as well. Freddie is an unusual boy. He is an unusual boy, so I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that he'd have this kind of relationship with his parents where he's like, how was your day, mom and dad? Tell me about your life. I feel like that's not the kind of relationship I really had with my parents until I got older. Like, not that I didn't care about them or we didn't share about the day, but it's more like they would ask me about my day. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I honestly
0: don't remember what it was like when I was a kid. If I ever asked my parents about their like, work,
1: hey, tell me about your job, Dad. He would tell me stories from work for yeah. sure, and my mom too. He like, would tell me things, but I wouldn't get home from school and be like, Well, now tell me how was your day at work. <laughs> I don't remember ever. I think instigating. It that seems like sort a of conversation. like an awfully mature kind of thing to do. Like it's a kind of conversation that adults have with adults. Yeah. So, anyway, but that's why I think it's kind of cute that Freddy is is doing this, because it is quite obvious that it's him projecting and wishing that his dad would not like it anymore so that they could move away. And uh, the dad gets it out of Freddy that he is, like, very unhappy at school, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of has to spend a little bit of time, like, working it out of Freddy, that the real reason is he's being bullied Mm -hmm. by these
1: kids who hang out on the shortest route home. Mm -hmm. So Freddie takes the long way home and the dad is like, oh, I thought you were out playing with your friends for all that long time. And yeah, Freddie has no friends. Which is really sad. Yeah, I know that made me real sad. I was like, dang, I can't imagine having no friends. And also Freddie seems really nice. I'm like, I'd be friends with this kid. Yeah, he seems like a really great kid. And they give you no inkling as to why he has no friends at this point, but later on, they do give you an inkling. They paint quite a picture, yeah. Freddie, when he when you get to see him in a school context, mm-hmm. uh. But yeah, his dad is kind of bummed out for him and gives him the advice that is just essentially, I guess, ignore this problem; it'll go away. Is that more or less? More or less
0: is like ignore the people who are causing problems because he's probably thinking if you take away the attention you're giving them for the harassment, then they will lose interest, Mm -hmm. which sometimes works. But in general, I was like, this is a really difficult problem to address.
1: Yeah. And the next thing that happens is that Freddie comes home having actually been beaten up by some kids. And it, it made me think about, as I was listening, how it's got to be so hard as a parent not knowing exactly what your kid is going through and not knowing the situation I think the dad gave the best advice he could Mm
0: -hmm. but it's
1: not until after Freddie actually gets hurt that the parents take action and do things like the dad goes and talks to the principal I guess we'll get to that but I don't know it is so hard like how do you know how is how do you be proactive in a situation before kids get hurt
0: it yeah it's difficult too because in my mind I'm like find out who these kids are and have a conversation with their parents but that could just Mm. cause more problems for the kid Mm -hmm. and the principal also points out that
1: him trying to protect freddie will probably just draw more ire Mm -hmm. yeah the principal like if i had any of the school staff you know hanging around him to try to protect him that wouldn't solve any problems either um, which is true. I thought that that conversation between the parents, I guess we I mean, were just to backtrack for a second. Freddie comes home sniveling and his mom sees he's been beaten up and he, Freddie claims that he fell down and his mom is like, no, like it doesn't look like that. And he said, well, I didn't say why I fell down. And he mm-hmm. really wants to move schools. And at that point the dad goes to the principal and they have a discussion that I really liked their conversation. Yeah. It kind of illustrated like, how difficult it is for adults also in these positions, because it's so hard to know how serious is it and what can be done about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing. And we're not parents, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine having Mm-mm. a child going through that.
1: hmm Yeah. We were kids,
0: though. Were you ever bullied? Not physically. I think it's different with girls, oftentimes. Yeah, that is true. Not, like, universally, of course, mm-hmm. but... But oftentimes, yeah, among girls, it's more emotional, tends mm-hmm. to be. Forced exclusion and name-calling. hmm Rumors. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get later
1: on in Odyssey. Yeah, there's... Episodes about that. Plenty of varied and interesting bullying episodes in Odyssey.
0: Yeah, the microcosm of child social circles are very interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. to me. They are, and it's kind of, I mean, I guess by virtue of being an adult, you are excluded from this world, and you'll probably never get a full, clear picture of it, I suppose. must be difficult as a parent Mm -hmm. to not have access to this part of your kid's world. To feel like you can't do
0: anything to help them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the parents do the right thing, though, which is another conversation that I liked. We have the parents talking to one another, at home, and the dad saying, like, I already knew, I guess, what the principal was going to tell me, that there's nothing that they could do aside from discipline the bullies, which at least they were doing that. I know all too often, even when things are brought to the attention of authorities, it still isn't taken seriously. Yeah,
0: so it's good to know that the staff and faculty of the school was
1: taking the issue seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's step one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Good adults in this episode. Um, and then the parents decide that they are going to seriously consider and pray about moving Freddie to another school.
0: Yeah, that was a conversation I really appreciated too because I think it highlights sort of the messiness that a lot of decisions have when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. And there's this sort of thing that oftentimes we forget to do, which is bring those problems to God because he has the ultimate perspective and ultimate wisdom Mm -hmm. on what the right path is. And even if you don't get a clear answer, you might at least have
1: a peace about
0: the decision that you make Mm -hmm. by bringing it to him.
1: Yeah, the Bible is full of lots of wisdom for all kinds of situations, but the Bible doesn't tell you what to do when your kid's being bullied in modern school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, and you can you can definitely apply the Bible's wisdom, and that's what it's for. And the Word is living and active. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to give us guidance in these moments where life is too messy for one answer fits all kind of situations. So it was good. The parents decided to pray about it. Yeah. And then... We have Freddy going to his new school, I think, is next scene. Next scene, he's in class with,
0: uh, sitting next to this kid named Gordy, mm-hmm. who he's trying right off the bat to make friends
1: with, mm-hmm. and Gordy is a little bit reticent. Yeah, and I thought it was, like, it was good, I was like, Freddy knows how to make friends, he's being very sociable, he's not, like, shy and awkward. Yeah. He is actually really straightforward and well-spoken. He, he kind of didn't pick up on the, the cues that Gordy was sending him, I guess, though. Because right. Gordy's reticence, Freddie doesn't really take notice of.
0: Mm-hmm. And also he's not picking up on the fact that the conversation they were having, like, Gordy was the one who initiated with, like, I hate math, I hope we don't have a quiz kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Freddie's response to that is, well, I think math is okay, I can, like, help you study mm-hmm. with it.
1: And it's like, that's not the headspace that Gordy is in right now. Yeah. In our, in American culture, if somebody is saying that they don't like something, you are supposed to agree with them. Exactly. <laughs> if it's something like mundane, like mm-hmm. math. Yeah. People. It's like, oh, I hate math. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, math is a bummer. Even if you might be good at math, that's just the expectation, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It is kind of, like, it's interesting to think of as a cultural thing. And people who are a little bit too genuine, it just, it socially puts a little bit of, uh, like, difficulty. I think it puts pressure on people to, to... It doesn't follow the social script, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Or we all have a script in certain situations, like, you go to the checkout counter and they say, how was your day? And you say, fine. Regardless of what's happening in your life, the script is, you say, fine. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in this childhood junior high script, if somebody says, "I don't like math," you say, "Oh yeah, yeah. i I get that math mm-hmm. can be a real bummer, you know, yeah, so, but Freddie is too genuine.
0: He's not familiar with the social scripts, and the thing with genuineness is that it highlights the fact that everyone is using a script,
1: mm. and it illuminates that level of um... like that we're all doing this social dance that we're not supposed to acknowledge that we're doing exactly and when you go off script it just makes people uncomfortable that's why scripts exist to make people comfortable mm-hmm. also like that's why we you know if you sit at a restaurant and everybody's using their knife and fork but then somebody is eating with their face just on the plate mm-hmm. it would make you uncomfortable like it doesn't affect your life in any way whatsoever but it still makes you uncomfortable because it's not following this rule of politeness that is designed to make everybody feel at ease.
0: This reminds me, and this is sort of tangential to this conversation, Mm -hmm. but it just reminds me of like that age when I was learning social scripts Uh. and how terrified I was of situations where I didn't know what the script was Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. Things like ordering food, Mm -hmm. especially, like interacting with People in the service industry because they seemed so aware of the script. Yeah, and then also because that's their job. Yeah, phone calls. Ah, uh, yes, phone calls at work where I was talking to customers.
1: Mm-hmm. Like both of those situations terrified me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because those are very rigid scripts. Yeah, those are not like you're chatting with somebody at school or something.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the worst is okay phone calls, especially if you're doing customer service phone calls. Mm. It's terrible if you as the customer service person don't Mm -hmm. know what you're talking about, but it's doubly terrible if the other person also has not had enough experience with this. Mm. And then if neither of you know the script, Mm -hmm. it's hard to get anywhere. It seems to me like Freddie, to to bring it back, is the kind of person who just hasn't really learned these social scripts Mm -hmm. yet. And he gets a little bit of a lesson in it later on mm, in the yeah. episode.
1: I know, I liked that part. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, he's he's at school having this interaction with his new classmate, and I think he he like whispers to Gordy, like, It's my first day as the teacher comes in. She brings him up to the front of the class and is like, Introduce yourself, Freddie And he admits I guess admits is like the wrong word to us. It seems like admitting, but to him, he is just sharing. He's just sharing things. what his hobbies are, yeah. what he likes to
0: do. And
1: th- at this point in the episode, I was like, oh, I see why he's bullied. It's because he's a nerd. <laughs>
0: At this point in the episode I was like, "Oh no, they're going to shame him for not having gender conforming interests." Yes,
1: both of these things are true. And for our audience if you're not familiar, I am a big old nerd. <laughs> Nowadays, calling people a geek and a nerd doesn't have the same connotation it did way back in the 80s, 80s. and before. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like an actual like bad thing to call people. Yeah. Nowadays it's a term of affection especially among fellow nerds to be like, "Hey nerd." <laughs> Yeah, it's true. we all know we're big old nerds, <laughs> us people who like things like math and science and, I don't know, Star Wars. And superhero movies. Exactly. And... So anyway, that's why in my mind I was like, oh, I get it. He's a nerd. <laughs> One of us. One, One of us. us. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and he has no shame about it, which I love, even though he's been bullied for it. It seems like I was like, oh, he doesn't understand why they were bullying him. But it is because he likes... um, Butterfly collecting. mm -hmm.
0: And... Hanging out with his parents. Yes. And he wants to learn the harp.
1: Yes. Three very good hobbies, probably, I think. I don't know. I think they're
0: great. I love that he wants to learn the harp, and I feel like there should be more interest in classical music Mm -hmm. in, in lower grades and youth education, it, it's very lacking.
1: Yeah, these are, is kind of, this is, I don't know, there are certain types of interests, I think, that are used in stories like this to denote a particular kind of person, but then in real life, those hobbies are actually very cool and interesting. Yeah. And I think things like butterfly collecting and the harp are, are two things that qualify for that. Like, if you think about, like, learning the harp, it's like, oh, harps. But if you really think about it, harps are incredibly cool and, like, exceedingly difficult to learn, I'm sure.
0: They're very cool. They are very heavy. Yeah,
1: they're gigantic. You need
0: really long arms.
1: Yeah, and, like, I mean, the few times in my life where I've actually seen somebody play the harp, I was amazed. It's really cool to see.
0: When I was in choir in college, during our concerts, our section was always right behind the harpist, mm-hmm. whose name was also Emily. Hey, I didn't yeah. know that.
1: That's cool. She's probably the person that I've seen play the harp. <laughs> probably. Most likely. So every time he says one of these hobbies, the the class laughs at him. Mm-hmm. And this is the instance where I feel like most of the adults do a good job. And then unfortunately, the teacher does not come to his aid whatsoever. No. She's pretty tone deaf. Like the whole class is literally laughing at this kid and she's just like, settle down everybody. But she doesn't call out the specific kids who make fun of him because I think there are one or two who say something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just because this is how the episode is written, but I feel like a, a better teacher or a better adult in authority in this situation would actually take that moment to talk to the kids who are misbehaving. And to sort of lecture the class on why it's not okay to make fun of somebody's hobbies. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't do that. I guess if she'd
0: done that then there would be no central conflict for the story. Mm-hmm. And we gotta have that conflict.
1: We gotta have that conflict. I mean I guess she could have come to his back and then the kids just have like not listened to it. Ignored. I guess that would have been pretty discouraging. Yeah. So yeah, she doesn't she doesn't really do anything about it. And afterwards, at lunch, Freddie tries to talk to Gordy again. Yeah, because
0: no kids will let him sit with him, Mm -hmm. and so he's like, my one hope, my one person that I've made a connection with, maybe he will let me sit with him. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you ever have those experiences at school of, like, not having anybody to sit with? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mostly when, in high school especially, we didn't have the same lunch period as everyone else in school all the time, Mm -hmm. because it was on a rotating schedule, so that the lunchroom wouldn't get overcrowded. Mm -hmm. And there was one year where all of my friends were in a different lunch period from me.
1: Mm, That's a bummer. And
0: so I would just sit by myself.
1: Yeah, I realize now this is interesting to me because growing up in California, we didn't eat in a cafeteria ever. You don't have to worry about snow here. No, we don't have to worry about snow or rain. We have neither. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we have fire. Yeah, that's why we have fire here instead, but you can eat outside in a fire. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> when the fires got bad enough, they just sent us home. Oh man, where were we going? Um, So we sat down with Gordy.
0: And then Gordy proceeds to explain to him why none of the kids want to sit with him.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the part of the episode that I thought was like, Gordy is alright. <laughs> He's not good enough to be like... A, a nice friend to Freddy like he's he's not a good enough kid to, to actually do that but i was like wow he's actually going to take the time to explain to Freddy what he needs to change i know he didn't actually bully him about it but he does explain to him like here's why you're not cool i don't know how realistic that interaction is
0: i'm not sure either gordy seems like the kind of kid who doesn't actually care about social standing but he understands the social rules
1: yeah and he doesn't really want to be associated with Freddy Mm-hmm. Like he's not a ladder climber, but he doesn't want to descend the ladder either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the middle school
0: pecking order. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and he he explicitly tells Freddie that the harp is too girly, mm-hmm. and he should have picked a cooler instrument like the electric guitar. And I don't know if he actually uses the word cooler. It's a pretty loaded thing, but, like, intuitively, you understand that girly means uncool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, girliness is associated with being worse in general
0: in our culture, unfortunately. Yeah, very unfortunate. I think we're moving away from that thankfully. Yeah,
1: definitely now in modern times.
0: But in that era, it was still firmly Mm -hmm. considered uncool. Yeah,
1: girls kind of had to have their own coolness that they like defended from boys, and they were like, that's so girly. And the girls were like, well, you are just jealous or something. I don't know. I'm trying to have my own sense of self-esteem. Thank you very much. Oh
0: boy. Yeah, and then you also get this tidbit where you kind of get a picture of what Freddy looks like, which is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tons of pens in his shirt pocket, mm-hmm. because they were stabbing him in the leg when he had them in his pants pocket. Classic it's like, nerd. Yeah. I was like, oh no, does he have a pen protector? Mm-hmm. It's like the staple, in my mind, of mm-hmm. 80s nerddom.
1: Sure is. And then he wears his hair in an unfashionable way, which is... We don't need to know any more about that. It's just like, oh, okay. So he's like a dorky looking kid, I guess. Yeah, And his pants are too short. Oh yeah. And his pants are too short. That's another nerd thing for sure.
0: (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if that means he's got like shorts on or
1: if he's just growing too fast. He's growing too fast. Nerds like their comfort and he would rather wear the same pair of pants that he's been wearing all this time, but he's growing out of them and he doesn't realize it. Poor thing. Oh, that's my... That's My your fan team. theory. <laughs> That's my take. Yeah, so...
0: Oh, and the other thing is his mom needs to drop him off around the block. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And not give him a kiss before he mm-hmm. comes to school. And I was like, oh... That's so
1: sad. Teaching boys not to show affection or...
0: Or accept it. Yeah. I know, I was like, please don't destroy
1: another little boy. Another sweet little boy. Yeah, I don't know. Is this a good, is this a place where we'll take like a, a little pit stop and talk about these things? Sure. We kind of already did a little bit, but um, yeah, it's like a, a sad little microcosm of the way that boys are socialized. And I feel like saying that has put some of my male friends on edge in the past. Uh-huh. If you say the words to- uh, toxic masculine," if you can say the words toxic masculine." <laughs> Which I cannot, (laughs) but like, if you say those words that sounds like a little bit threatening, or at least I've, I've had friends like, Hey, I don't know what that means, but it's not saying masculinity is toxic. It's just saying that there is a version of masculinity that our society perceives as like, Oh, this is masculinity. And that version is like pretty harmful to men. And like women by proxy also, because women interact with men, Mm -hmm. you know, so (laughs) it's not an isolated problem among men. But I feel like most men that I know also would say like, yeah, I definitely feel pressure to be a certain way that isn't fully how I naturally am, but I'm also not allowed to explore that or talk about it because part of how our society thinks of men is that they are supposed to emotionally have it all together and not express any kind of extreme emotion other than like anger or something mm-hmm. so makes it real hard to figure oneself out especially at like a formative time in life like freddy is
0: yeah which i think is why it's so great that he has such a strong relationship with his parents mm-hmm. because he does have people that he can go to and talk about these things
1: with Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he does, which is really great. I don't know. Do you have any other brief thoughts? <laughs> Todd's brief thoughts on toxic masculinity.
0: I don't know. I feel like it's is a difficult topic to talk about. I think especially because we are both women, so it's mm-hmm. not something that we experience firsthand. We just see how it has hurt other people that we know and love.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as two women with plenty of male friends. I think, Mm -hmm. who have attested to it. I think that like a
0: lot of other things in our culture that we've had to work through, this is another one that we are kind of moving forward towards a better form of masculinity that is more embracing of
1: um, emotional expression Mm -hmm. and openness. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that, what I've noticed, comes from... The internet being a place where people can freely and anonymously express how they feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men online will share on these, like, different social platforms about, hey, like, I wish that I could express these feelings or I wish I had been taught how to express my feelings. And the more men that say that and other men are like, oh, hey, yeah, it sort of develops a culture, I feel like, at least among our generation yeah, and below millennials and... Gen Z and everybody who grew up with the internet and has the internet as sort of our, like, second cultural home, that we feel a little bit of safety, also in person, expressing these things to one another.
0: Yeah, because so. we've uh, acclimated to doing it online. We learned online mm-hmm. how to do it.
1: hmm Yeah. Interesting to think about. Kind of neat. But yeah, I it made me happy in this episode that Freddie doesn't seem to give up that side of himself, his emotional connection with his parents and these softer things that he likes.
0: Yeah, I appreciated it. Because I feel like there's this, I don't know if I'll call it a cultural myth, but at least a belief that it's a natural part of a boy's adult, or like his aging, Mm -hmm. to start pushing away the ones he loves. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that has to be a natural part of Mm -hmm. growing up.
1: Yeah. And it's certainly not the experience for every boy and so why should it have to be i don't know if any of you men out there resonate send us an email (laughs) we want to know what is your perspective on this issue yeah please um should we just move on now with the plot yeah um that freddie comes home i think excited to to do these things or is it just the next morning he's getting ready and he's doing his hair a particular way the yeah. next morning
0: the next morning we see him wearing different clothes changing his hair mm-hmm. presumably also making the other changes that this gordy kid recommended mm-hmm. and his mom is like well
1: okay and i i really liked this once again this is very good economical storytelling where he's like this is going to be great and then cut to him coming home <laughs> crying, crying because we don't need to see what happened at school we can guess yeah we just it doesn't matter all we know is that he comes home crying and that is plenty enough like we can fill in the gaps
0: yeah and it's whatever. been a week Mm-hmm. we learn and he has continued to suffer uh bullying of all kinds
1: Mm-hmm. yeah so he thinks okay it's no use and he's crying and his i think his dad goes up to his room to talk to him yeah, because he's he goes through the same
0: uh, speech he gave his dad at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm, like, of, hey, like, dad, are you feeling good about
1: your job? Your boss? Do you want to move? <laughs> yeah. And um, the dad, I think he says, "Oh, you know what? If I had known that you wanted to move because of this bullying problem, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done this in the first because place." Because you wanted to change yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the not real because problem. Of the bullying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you had wanted to. To do this in order to reinvent yourself, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't realize you wanted to take this as an opportunity to change who you are as a person. Which he didn't initially. Freddie didn't. Mm -hmm. But now that's what he's thinking, is I'll just go somewhere else and reinvent myself there. Mm -hmm. This time. mm -hmm. Yeah, he's learning. (laughs) Don't learn these lessons, Freddie. These are not good lessons. These are the wrong lessons to learn. Mm -hmm. These are the lessons of our worldly culture. Mm -hmm. And the dad gives him a really nice talk. I don't remember quite the structure of it, do you? Uh, I don't remember the structure so much as the message. Mm-hmm. I guess that he kind of takes him through being acceptable to people is sort of the, the overall message. He's like, well, what would you change about yourself how in order far? to be... How far would you go? Which is a good thought experiment.
0: Yeah, and because his first thought is I would do anything, Mm -hmm. anything to get them to accept me. And then his father actually starts offering some suggestions of like, well, would you give up having your mom
1: give you a kiss on the forehead? Or would you give up, I don't know, what were the other your Your birdhouse in the backyard that you built. Would you give up building birdhouses? Would you give up having me tuck you in at night and all these different things. If they didn't like the color of the paint on our house, mm-hmm. would you change it? Yeah. And then I think Freddy's is all that silly. And the dad were like, yeah, well, that's the point is you have to draw the line somewhere essentially. But like it, the point of it is, why do you want this? And what will you sacrifice for it? How much of yourself will you sacrifice to please other people? And he brings it around to God you know, because the dad says, well, I want to be acceptable to people. Like, I want to be acceptable to my boss and to your mom and to you, you." of course. Like, I want to be your your good dad and I want to be acceptable to God. And I think from there, is that where Freddie? Freddie makes the decision
0: that he also wants to be acceptable to God Mm -hmm. and his dad explains like, well, to do that, you can't make the change yourself. You need to
1: let him in to make the change Mm -hmm. in your heart for you Mm -hmm. and also very notably in this scene and the next his parents do an excellent job of telling freddie this does not solve your bullying problem Mm -hmm. which i feel like is maybe the most or like equally important lesson of the episode besides like don't change yourself for other people worry about who you're acceptable to and that should be god your top priority but then the major like flip side of that coin is this will not solve your life problems it just changes your
0: perspective on them mm-hmm.
1: yeah and gives you that ally from within Ooh. another podcast another podcast the ally within so that's our our drama <laughs> serialized drama Coming never. Yeah, coming never. What is it about? Send us your scripts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I really I appreciated that the dad made that point. And, and so they pray together, and the next morning, Freddie and his mom are downstairs, and the mom says, like, I'm really, really proud of you, and you made me really happy. and We've been praying that you would accept Jesus into your heart for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, since you were born. And she reiterates the fact that this isn't going to stop the kids from bullying him and he says yeah but like i think now i will have different perspective is that what he says at that point i wasn't really taking
0: notes because i ran out of space on the page Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think he says he it'll make it a different experience for him to have jesus by his side and freddie also points out like well what he learned in sunday school is that jesus had a lot of people against him as well that's right so jesus knows what he's gone through which is very true I think feeling like you're not alone is a major factor Mm -hmm. in getting you through these situations. Yeah. I I mean, I personally find it very comforting that
0: Jesus does really know what the human experience is like and Mm -hmm. has suffered in ways that we suffer.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge source of comfort for a lot of people. And it's neat that that made a big connection for Freddie and that he didn't Continue pursuing the approval of all of his peers, but was able to actually make that connection with Jesus instead.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's quite liberating. Yeah. It freed him to be
0: the person that he is instead of trying to please other people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems like he very narrowly missed a life of trying to do that. Not yeah. that we don't all do that to a degree anyway, but mm-hmm. it seemed like that could have been something that really dominated his story for a while as an adolescent. Yeah. So good for him. We're happy for Freddy. So happy. And we'll never see him again.
0: Nope. That's the only episode he's in. Um, Is that it? That's the end of the episode. Oh yeah, that
1: surprised me, because I actually thought that we were going to get some snippet of Freddy with the kids at school, and I was glad that we didn't. Because it really leaves it up to your imagination. It's like, maybe the kids did start treating him differently eventually, or maybe they were just as mean to him and it was still hard. Like, we don't know, and that's not the point. Yeah. And and that's a good thing.
0: So, final thoughts about the episode? I had a few things that I kept for the end because I didn't want to derail.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please, derail us now. Now that the train (laughs) is in the station. It's a perfect time it's a great
0: metaphor <laughs> it is uh first off the principal glossman it's glossman is not but it's the same voice it's actor the Same voice actor mr zeger
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah principal zeger and the dad is george barkley yeah is that your other another note that was another note mm-hmm. um
0: and the other note was what the heck does it mean to dress a dog in cat's clothes i have never heard
1: that saying in my life that's okay yeah i I had forgotten about that but in their conversation the dad was like you know freddie there's an old saying apparently (laughs) you can dress a dog in cat's clothes but it's still a dog
0: listeners have you ever heard the saying i have never heard this saying
1: neither have i in my mind i was like you can take a horse to clothes but you can't make it dress itself what <laughs> because it doesn't have thumbs what there is a saying that does not have an intuitive meaning <laughs> but that was my genuine thought if i'd been taking notes mm-hmm.
0: i feel like this saying is the opposite of the clothes make the man Mm. yeah it is
1: it's the clothes do not make the dog Oh my goodness. If you understood any of that, send us an email <laughs> to say, I did. And thank you for podcasting. You're very good at it. Perhaps we
0: comment too much on our meta.
1: <laughs> we do it hardly at all. Yeah. It's like once every other episode. That's plenty.
0: You only say that because you edit every other
1: episode. Ah. <laughs> You take out my meta-commentary and your edits. Not all of it. Good. This is essential content. <laughs> Boy, but the train's already off the rails, so we're good. We're good. We're good to camp here. Did we want to bring up discussion questions at all, or... Oh, that it could be fun. Let's see what we're... Time. I guess we could do ask our own discussion question. If I would ask one, it would be, like, do you... Is there a time where you feel like you made a conscious decision to try to change what you were like for a group of people?
0: I am sure that it's happened. I cannot bring to mind a specific scenario. Mm-hmm. I have more a memory of feeling that sort of shame of, oh, people don't like the person I am.
1: hmm More
0: than remembering specifically what I
1: changed I me mean, like and I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more like oh people don't like who I am and there's nothing I can do about it <laughs> I think I mostly just kept my
0: head down Mhm. yeah
1: I know I feel like I would have probably had those same kind of moments I feel like I always found other weirdos though yeah so it was always kind of fine exactly so you always have your weird friends yeah, I guess I was thinking, too, if I have, like, one more brief final thought on this episode was that this episode isn't condemning following trends per se. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not condemning, like, if you want to look a certain way or if you want to be fashionable, all those different kinds of things. I feel like it. it all that matters is the extent to which you're doing it and the reason behind why you're doing it. Right. If because... you're changing something, like, fundamental about yourself or your personality – that might be not a great reason, but, you know, if you like to look a certain way, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, if it's, like, a genuine interest for you. Yeah, if you like to keep up with trends, maybe that's just something about you. But it's always worth um, examining within yourself, and it's worth bringing those desires to God, you know? hmm So, I don't know. I guess that was my one final thought, too, because that was something I was sort of contemplating during the episode. yeah. Nice. I think that's it then. And that's it then. So, until next time, thank you all for joining us on today's Podventure in Odyssey. Bye. Bye. Because we are actually starting this one, like we always promise to do, at a lightning-fast pace. <laughs> I got that. <gasps> how could
0: you <laughs> because it was an hour and a half
1: we we have a lot of bits that we cut maybe we can cut this bit too <laughs>